Hey everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Mindset Podcast. I'm honestly so grateful that you're listening to my podcast and I'm excited to share yet another episode with you. This podcast, as you know, is all about bringing servant leaders to share their stories and life experiences with you all in the hopes to help more people to find their true purpose and meaning to life. Today, I have an incredible guest. I'm so excited to just get straight into this. His name is Alex Iceman, and he is the founder and CEO of Genium, a premium software development and agile consulting firm who brings 10 plus years of experience in connecting innovative companies with world-class software engineers globally. At Genium, he currently leads more than 50 plus engineers, developers and other experts helping companies to create secure, cutting-edge mobile and web applications as well as to hire and build scalable, talented teams tailored to their project's needs. He is an experienced iOS and Android developer, system architect, project manager who has overseen, designed and developed over 100 plus mobile and web products using emerging tech as well as agile development methods that accelerate time to market and ensure quality. In this episode, Alex shares his experience from being a professional hockey player to building hugely successful teams in his software business. He also shares some great tips around sending deeper emails to others who can understand your storytelling better. So without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Hey, Alex, thank you so much for being on the Purposeful Mindset podcast with me. I'm super grateful to have an hour of your time and to just get straight into this. I'm super excited to learn so much from you because I've seen what your background is. I've seen what you've been doing, what you've been working on, the people you've been surrounded with. And I'm just super, I'm just super excited to get straight into this episode. Um, Can I start by you kind of introducing yourself to my listeners of like, where did this all start for you? Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Um, it all started back in the days uh, when uh, early when I was 11 years old, my dad brought an old computer uh, from work. And at that time, it was very old compared to what we had at that time. And uh, they, <laughs> my parents were super amazing. They are super amazing. And at that time, they allowed me to dig into that computer and I actually pull it all apart and, and put it all back in together. So my passion for software and for, for computers started well when back when I was probably at 10, 11 years old. Um, the life didn't go straight to the computer industry uh, from the get-go. I um, started doing hockey and hockey became a big part of my life. Um, I, I played when I was 11 to 15 and I didn't make it as a great hockey player. Obviously, I, you know, I started late and uh, it was not a great club to start at. And I've at that time I had to stop doing hockey and then somebody suggested me to become an official because you can stay in the game. You can get some money doing hockey games. And I really liked that, uh, liked that idea. And uh, I was quite frankly, very good at it. So once I started doing that, um, I, I became very competitive. I wanted to grow and I wanted to do higher level of hockey. And eventually I've, I've gotten to the highest level of hockey in Russia, started doing uh, professional, professionally being an official. Um, but uh, over time, I've, I've realized that it's, it's a very risky job. Um, if, if you get hurt, you, you're out and you're not getting paid. Um, also, if you make a mistake or some sort of mistake at that time that they would cut you off or put you down in the minor league, uh, which also um, has a tremendous effect on your pay. 
And I've decided I need to I need to have a backup plan. And at that time, my brother was studying software in, software um, in Germany, and I've decided to um, take a chance and get my second education. My first one was in biochemistry, and the second one, um, purposely, I I went to Moscow State University, which is the best school in Russia for computer science and mathematics. It's a similar of uh, kind of MIT or Harvard of of, of Russia. And, uh, I, I've got my degree in mathematics and computer science and cybersecurity, um, field and things started to, um, you know, ro- ro- roll from there. I moved over here to the United States. I've got a job, uh, quit hockey, uh, worked for this company for three years, two and a half, three years. Um, I got fired, not for performance reasons. So thank God I, you know, the company was shrinking <laughs> down. Um, and, um, I, I knew it's coming. And I was on the street with my final pay- paycheck and no idea what to do. I needed a flexible schedule because I had some travel plans arranged uh, for to do some documents and back in Russia. And I, I, I had to go and I, I needed to um, keep paying my bills. And I reached out for asked for help. And that's how I started my business. Um, I started uh, working remotely for other companies. Um, I did an amazing job. They asked for more. They asked for more engineers. They asked if I can grow a team. And I was great at apparently at uh, building teams and uh um, I, I've built amazing teams, successful teams, and then uh, started looking at other locations because Bay Area was extremely expensive for my clients to hire people. And uh, that's where Argentina came along. I've tested a lot of locations and uh, Argentina is our main software development hub right now. And we have our, our biggest office in Buenos Aires. And uh, wow. um, super happy, uh, you know, still doing professional hockey. Fast forwarding when I moved to the United States, I got hired back to work as a professional linesman here for the American Hockey League uh, a few years later once the expansion came to California. And I'm super happy. I keep doing uh, hockey professionally as my hobby. Um, and I'm running the company and doing software, helping a lot of uh, companies to build mobile apps, websites, or do a stuff augmentation and grow their teams with us. Wow, that's, that's like a lot to take in, but that's like a, that's super inspiring how you've gone from doing, like starting off as a child, like just, just loving to play with computers and, and softwares and going to like now growing your own companies globally all over the world. One thing I, that just came to my mind, I want to ask you is that you, in, throughout your journey in, in, in kind of, in this kind of tech space, have you ever felt like, um, like it was all too much? Because obviously, you know, us nowadays surrounded by technology so much, do you ever feel like it was just too much for your brain to like to to take on, or was it something that was just always exciting for you? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a competitive mind. I, I like I like to compete. I like to win, and uh, I that came uh, you know through sports and being an athlete. And uh, I like to compete not only with other people, but I mostly compete with myself. Uh, I want to compete with with me, you know, tomorrow or the ten years from now. So I'm I'm constantly chasing that shadow. Um, the I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's too much. I've never felt too much up until uh, July last last year, last summer, uh, when I started flying airplanes. I started uh, learning how to fly airplanes, and, be, oh, wow. and, and I'm a student pilot right now. That's what, that was the first time in, in a little while when I felt that wow, that's that's a lot of information. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and like no, I I'm, I'm my my brain is hungry and um, for information, and I'm a great self educator. Um, I, I study constantly, obviously, uh, whether it's software, whether it's business. Um, I do watch dumb videos on YouTube, but it, it happens very rarely. Uh, I would, I also play instruments. So the, the dumbest video I would watch is how to play a clarinet. So I would just you know, <laughs> Google for how to play a clarinet and listen to uh, tutorials how to play a clarinet because I've 
just recently bought one and I'm trying to pick it up. Um, constantly challenging my brain. I'm, I get bored. I get bored when I well, like when I I'm not challenged when I when I don't get a next thing to solve or 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 do something interesting and complicated. So yeah. It, and look, look, your your brain like a muscle, right? And being an athlete, you work out all the time because you want to keep and maintain your body ready for um for, for in my case the next game um and perform better the next game. Same with your brain. You have to keep it you have to keep it in shape and work it out almost constantly. So it, it and give it a rest as well, and then work out again and constantly do it, do it persistently and consistently. Otherwise, you, you, there's there's no reason for, or even doing anything. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. So, so, so just to say, for someone listening to this right now, how can that person actually work out their brain? You know, in sense of how what what practical things can they do every day to work on their mindset? What would you suggest? Uh, for me, it's really uh, pursuing what, what I love because mm-hmm. once you do something that you like, um, it, it, it's 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 not it's not a hard thing to do. Uh, imagine so for a few examples, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about business. So uh, building mobile apps and, and just doing software is 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 an interest of mine. So I I'm passionate about it. I you know building my company around it, and uh, all of my guys that I work with are passionate about it as well. So I would watch videos or, or I would read an interesting concept. And to me, it's not education. It's just because I love that shit, that stuff. Mm. So I, I love reading about new technologies. I love experimenting with it. So I would open up a small um, program on the computer and I would code a new thing, a little small thing that I've just learned um, just to see how it works. And I'm excited about it. Same thing with flying airplanes, right? So I'm constantly watching new videos or educational materials about uh, what is the safest way to operate an airplane? What are the interesting, like how, how do you study weather? Um, and, and all those things. And it, it comes to me naturally because I want to learn that. I want to find interesting information. I want to spend time watching that, learning it, talking to other people, mm-hmm. digesting it. And doing what you love is number one and just digging deeper and, and becoming better at what you love. Yeah, I love that. I love, it's, so, it's so true. I think for me as well, like every single day doing something that I enjoy. So I still work in a full-time job, but as soon as I come out of my full-time job, I'm just like, people always say like, actually people that know me now, they literally say, Sadiq, we didn't know that you even work full-time. Like we think we thought you're a full-time speaker because of how much how hungry I am, how much content I put out, how many events I go to, how many events I've started creating myself now. So I'm constantly just like, I can resonate. I can resonate to what you were saying. I'm just constantly pushing myself, trying to become a better version of myself. Something else I wanted to kind of touch on is, do you, like, do, so obviously, obviously everybody learns differently, right? For me, I'm a visual learner. So I have to watch videos and then take action on what I've just saw for me to actually implement and, and gain some kind of like result from it. I cannot just read a book and something changes. Like I may have a mind shift, but I can, like, I have to, I'm someone that has to take action. So I have to learn something by seeing it and, and then I have to physically do it for me to learn. What kind of, learn, like, what kind of ways do you like um, learning yourself? I'm, uh, it's, it's a very good question. So you have to reverse engineer yourself and be truthful to yourself. So I, I am a very slow re- reader. So I, I read very slow and, uh, and I look, I've, I found out about it because I thought, look, maybe it's just the way my brain works. Mm. And I thought maybe it's something else, but 
look, I, I know two languages very well. I, I, I speak Russian fluently and I, I speak English, obviously. So when I was reading in Russian, I would read slow. And then I've learned English. So it's a completely different language that I would read at the same pace in English, meaning that it's just the way my brain works. Mm. And I've accepted that fact and I have to have breaks. So I literally read for about um, you know, 20, 20 minutes and then I have to take a break because my brain starts to wander That's around. That's a miracle, bro. Like for me, it's like 20 minutes is way too much. Like, I literally start for like five, 10 minutes and I fall asleep. Well, <laughs> I, I get like, I start to wonder. I, I pick up on a concept and, and my brain starts to implement that concept right away in my yeah. brain and, and like in my head and see where I can apply it. But nevertheless, so I, I've, I acknowledge that. I'm very good at listening to audiobooks and I'm good at and do, yeah. uh, lis- listening to videos and audio. And it really depends. Look, you have to do the thing. Obviously you have to, and it comes to, comes to the point of practicing, right? Yeah. It, it, with everything you have to, you have to practice mm-hmm. whether you do business sales, uh, event organization, talking to people, um, uh, speaking, right? Speaking is a great example, right? You, it, it's a matter of practice, right? You start yeah. doing it and uh, you, you learn by doing it and, yeah. and you get better, you get feedback. And that's the thing. You learn anything, you apply it, see the results. There is no way you can be a theoretical boxer. And uh, that's a kind of word. Exactly. Like I, I know everything about boxer. I have a box. I've read all the <laughs> books about box. I can I do everything. But this theoretical box, right? There's nothing you can like, and a person might think that he knows how to do a hook or whatever. He knows everything there is to know about box, but he's never done it before and ever in his life. But he's a professional because he read all the books about it. Um, <laughs> so you have to really do that and do it quite often and consistently. Moreover, if you stop doing it, you lose the grasp. Uh, yeah. For me, if I don't work out for 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 one week, I feel it on the performance on the ice. Same with piano is even better. If I don't play. If I don't play a week, I have to start all over and I have to start learning new stuff and put my uh, music sheets in front of me and start playing by sheets because my memory is not like losing, losing some of the compositions if I don't play daily. Same with new concepts. You learn a new concept, you have to apply it daily. And it really takes five minutes. You can literally do a lot of things in five minutes in your day. Uh, but if you do it consistent, consistently, uh, it adds up to a tremendous amount of time. If you spend one minute a day, one minute a day doing something, you'll be doing it for six hours a year. And wow. this one minute translates to six hours of time in a year. If you, you know, add up to two, five minutes and so on and so forth, it's a lot of money. I mean, a lot of, and money as well. It's money a lot of time. Well. <laughs> right. So you know, if you do it, if you do sales, then it translates a lot of money. Yeah. But um, in that sense, consistently do for 30 days, create a habit and then, and then, and then decide for yourself if that helps or not. Yeah. I love something that David Meltzer says about that as well. He, he talks about if you can, if, if something takes less than five minutes to do, just do it now like literally do it instantly. So if there's like an email that you need to send and you know you need to do it today, when you get five minutes and you know it's going to take less than five minutes, just do it. And that's something, one of the concepts that I've been kind of teaching people very recently is like when you when you have some kind of fear or some kind of a mind block, something that's stopping you from doing something, I, I kind of combine these two things that I've learned from two different mentors. Obviously, the first one is Mel Robbins, her five-second rule. You know, count down five seconds and then bang, just just make yourself do it. But before that, another mentor of mine taught me this concept called B10XB, and it stands for be 10 times bolder. And he says every single time when you feel like you want to do something, but something's stopping you, ask your brain, ask yourself a question, what would I do if I was 10 times bolder right now? And then along with that, count down five, four, three, two, one, and bang, just, just do that thing. 
and, and it's literally a sense of we're going to have to force yourself to do it. And that's the only way we can overcome fear, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, Dave does an amazing job at it. I, I, you know, I picked up a few things in my, in my space, sometimes uh, thinking for, you know, if it takes less than five minutes, um, I'm also a technical advisor for quite a few startups. Um, and I, sometimes you have to think for more than five minutes uh, on, on certain things. And I take time to think about specific emails and also yeah. it's a, it's a big cult. It's a big culture in our company as well. Um, a lot of people don't realize when you answer an email, you have to think about the person who will be reading that email. And a lot of people don't realize that there is a, um, there's a specific um, storytelling technique or whatnot. So you have to respect the person who will be reading your email. And I've become much better by learning from the team. And it literally came from our team and we had great guys that would write um, amazing emails and they're beautiful and they're very informative and they're very easy to read. And I reached out to them and said, hey, guys, and uh, my, 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 my head of operations does it greatly. Like, he's one of the best email writers in the company. Well, his mother is a literature teacher. And he, you know, and, and he told me that they taught me that you have to care about the person who will be reading your email first. And when you run an email, you have to really kind of digest how they're going to um, yeah. consume that thing and, and, and write it for them, not just to express yourself and, and blah your information on, on that into an email. So sometimes I take more than five minutes because I really need to think through how this person is going to react to that email, what information I'm going to put in, and really uh, comes to attention to details, which I've learned uh, throughout the years, and we're very good at it. And myself, I'm, I'm, I'm getting much better at the attention to details. Mm, I love that. Do you think it kind of stems along with psychology as well in terms Absolutely. of psychology through emails? Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, look, for me, the, the, the greatest, the greatest uh, motivation is uh, for my clients to allow me to help them. Mm. And we do all, we like, we literally go all in. Our guys are sacrificing their time sometimes and go, go extra miles to help our clients. And for me, it's important for, for us to support them and to make sure they're super successful because that's how we grow. If they're successful, we're successful as well. They grow with us. Um, and if I can put a right, like nice email um, that they read and they have a positive feeling about it. And it could be any email. It's not about sales. It's just about explaining a specific concept or, or doing something. If you can put it in a way that it's easy for them to digest, it saves them time, uh, saves them brain energy and sets them up for success better. And that's what I do internally in the company as well. I try to do my best to write very nice emails, not long, but nice with yeah. bullet points, with, with nice formatted emails. So it's easy to read, um, kind of helping the other person to succeed. Yeah, that, that just reminded me. So obviously, so I have, lo- a lo- I have two different types of friends. I have friends that are very much like me, very simple action-taking people. Like we just we just see something or read something or watch something and we're able to just act. Like we're able to just take action. But then I have another group of friends who are, I'm guessing, uh, this is co- completely a guess, but I'm guessing they're probably a little bit like you where they have to analyze a bit more. They have to kind of dig deeper and analyze this, this data or this document um, for them to go and, and kind of take action on it later. Do you, do you have that kind of... that? It has to, it, look, it's, it has to be a healthy mix. Okay. So like not necessarily you have to uh, think through every single email or every single interaction, but sometimes it's not like, it's nice to think about the other person and how, mm. um, 
how they're going to respond. Even like when I do the introduction, I would not just to do simple introduction. I would put, you know, I'm trying to introduce um, person A to point B, but I would also highlight how they can benefit from each other and some sort of background so people have a hot start of, of, of starting that conversation. For me, it's probably going to take a little bit more than, um, and maybe five minutes is enough. And I'm getting better. And I think, look, English is not my first language, so sometimes it takes a little bit more for mm-hmm. me to write an email in, in the nice way. Um, and obviously, in native speakers, they, they can do it quicker. Maybe five minutes is, is enough time for to, to write down a nice email. Um, so maybe I'm biased here. But uh, um, sometimes I do act- like actionable e- emails. Um, you have to know when to do ones and the other ones. So I think it comes back to your – and you're absolutely right. So if you can do something in less than five minutes, you should do it. So um, my probably advice is not to do it with everything. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you start just doing doing it over and over again and just shouting your information out really quickly to other people, uh, but it really um, without thinking how other people would read your content or email. Uh, <clears throat> mm. But where you can do it and where it doesn't harm anything, you can do it. I love that. I love that. Something I want to I want to touch on as well is um, it's about consistency. How does someone become more consistent? Because I am someone that's very consistent. But when people ask me, Sadiq, how are you so consistent?" I don't really have an answer because I'm just like, like I have a schedule. I use my calendar. I have everything in my calendar. So I pretty much know what I'm doing the whole week. Obviously, external factors happen. Some, my, a friend needs help. You know, an emergency happen. Mom needs happens. to go to the... Yep. That's, that's life, right? So you get emergencies, things change, plans change. But in general, like just living through day-to-day life, I just tell people like I followed my calendar. I know exactly what I'm doing in the week. I know when to make content, when to post content. I know when there's an event. I know when I'm going to an event. I know when when I'm meeting a friend. So how can someone gain more consistency in their life? Um, that's a great question. For for me, I have to reverse engineer not only myself, but maybe other people that I know because consist, consistency for, for, for me comes from sports. You have, to, mm. you have to be consistent there. Otherwise, you won't be able to perform every game. And really, it comes down to loving what you do. So if you pick a, pick a field that you're really passionate about um, and you have an ambitious goal or, or, or growing it into something, something bigger or helping more people, then this this inspiration and motivation should should lead to consistency. So if you do consistently something for 10, 15, and it doesn't take a lot of time, honestly. So you do it consistently for, for a small period of time, and then it becomes a, um, a habit. So you, you have to form a habit of doing specific things. So for me, a habit of putting everything in my calendar. Uh, so an interesting thing that my wife has access to my calendar. So she sees where I'm at and where, and she sometimes books some specific time slots for us to go to dinners nice, and stuff. Also. It gets to that point because look, I'm, I'm oversaturated with a lot of things I do and I love it. Uh, but family is important for me. Number one priority regardless. So I have to allocate time there. Um, and uh, calendar really helps me to stay consistent. Um, I just kind of, kind of delegate everything to my calendar and uh, mm. have it manage my time when possible. Uh, but uh, just start doing it every day and that, that helps. And sports really helps. Once you start exercising, um, not daily, probably daily is too much for a regular person, but at least three times a week, you will start, you will start feeling very well about your body and, and how you, and you will see the results of consistency right there. And, and then you can, you can build around that. You can build around your workouts, even stretches or whatever activities you have, physical activities. And then you start building things around it. Um, and that starting and doing that for one month, at least will create a habit 
and then start adding slowly on top of that. Put this workout in your calendar. Uh, you know, allow, allow for driving times and things like that. So plan and execute at least for one month and it will become a habit and start small. Yeah. And I love that you just ended on saying start small. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. People, like, they, they overjudge themselves or they, they beat themselves up too much because they want, they want the big goal. Right, they want they want the end result straight away without taking the one rep. Right? Talk, can you talk to me a little bit about like the mindset that you had when you started hockey and in in terms of like the, the consistency that you had, the habits that you had to create because it was something new for you when you first started. So, uh, look, I, I I I it's it's hard to tell. Um, just reverse engineering myself back, but look, I always want like you always want to do a hockey game at the top of your performance. And every hockey game, you feel how you performed, whether you made, made mistakes. And in hockey, it always goes, goes down, downhill from, from the puck drop because there is rarely where you do a game without anything, any, any mistake or a small little thing here and there. So there's always something that you can work on. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, always, you always strive to, to do a perfect game. And for me, it was easy because... There are a few components that you can apply to do a perfect game, right? So you have to be physically ready, you have to be mentally ready, and you have to know the rules. You also have to know your players on the ice. So there are really four components. It was easy for me to learn the rules because it was a rule book. You just read it, you analyze, you you memorize. Um, uh, physical component, right? So you you as an athlete, you know that you have to work out, and working out is is nice because if you're in a good shape and you feel it when you're in good shape you enjoy the game better. Like mm. you really enjoy what you're doing there because you're not as tired. You, get, you have more stamina to enjoy the game, enjoy the, the process. And when you're less tired, uh, you make less mistakes. So that creates some sort of compound effect is you, like, well, you make less mistakes, you feel better about yourself, you love the game you're doing and you love what you're doing and you want to do more and more of these and you want to have that feeling. Um, and learning players. So I, I, I know a lot of players that, um, not personally, but I know their habits. I know how they play. I know what to expect from them. So I study them at, at a specific point of time. And you know your um, bad guys that uh, you have to watch on the ice. Yeah. Um, but consistently, you do that over time. Um, and working out is just helps tremendously to do this. So the same with sales, right? Lead generation, putting out content, just explaining how, like our processes and how we do things consistently, educating people on, on how we can help is it, the same thing contributes to nicer clients, clients that are aligned with your values, not even nicer clients, but clients that align with your values. Because sometimes clients come in and they need something else. They need something dirty and quick, a proof of concept, something that cost doesn't cost you know a lot of money and it's not something that they can show vcs because the code quality is crappy um and at least we have to educate people that that's not what we are all about Hmm. like we can help companies that really value quality because quality leads to less data breaches and data security um component or if you have a good quality code, then investors are more likely to invest in you because they see your really real deal. Um, same thing here, right? You have to consistently do that and then it helps to the whole team. So I'm helping the whole team um, to attract clients that are will be happy from working with us. And my guys will be happy because the clients are happy. Same, same thing. That's what work, I mean, doing consistently something that helps you to, uh, 
to get to to that better spot is important. Hmm. I love that. So for the people that are out there like that are in business to kind of take the, take what you were saying into perspective for those people that are in business now how how can they build a team the way you have where they where everybody agrees and and plays by the rules in terms of the values and the principles of the company like how would you how would you say they can scale the team or or, or actually just create a team where everybody's in in alignment that's a great question so there are there there is a simple rule that you should detach yourself from hiring process as soon as possible. Um, so basically, you hire the first four people yourself, and as early as possible, you identify people who are very good at your values and they they correlate with your values, a level a quality of work, um, passion for the thing, and you let those people to hire uh, other people because they will be hiring people like themselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's it. And then you, you, you create specific en- environment and rules around hiring and let them hire. And they will build a better team than, than you could ever build. And I'm still on some specific hiring committees in, in, in our company. Um, and uh, sometimes I check the level of English and do certain things, but I don't check technical things. I don't check soft skills. I don't check specific uh, you know the, the cultural fit. I don't check it anymore. I have it, my guys, to do that because I they they will be working with this person more than I would, uh, and um, more than I will. And um, in particular, I want them to hire people that are like themselves. So hire the first four and let them hire the rest. Um, oh, that's the con- and and then obviously you you have to hire very good four first ones, right? You have to hire the same ones that are aligned with your value and they have to do interviews and uh, in person meetings and, and find that person, the right person. And sometimes you, you fail and you, you know, let the person go and you be honest with them. Hey, you know, it's not working out or it's not something, you know, I don't feel that this is going to work out, whatever it is. And you give a chance to the guys and I'm a little soft. I have a soft spot there. I, you know, I, I don't hire as quick. I mean, I don't fire as quick. Uh, but I, you know, I care, I genuinely care about people. I care about my clients and I care about employees. Uh, so I would give a person a second chance. Um, if that doesn't work, I would allow him time to find another job. So he doesn't sit without a job. Sometimes we would go to our, um, HR really partners cool. and I would say, Hey, we have a guy, he's awesome. Um, he needs something else. This is not, he's, he's great. Cause obviously we're not going to hire a bad person, right? So we have a great HR uh, department and the process and we usually hire a very good technically skilled person however if a person doesn't fit the values or something is not not clicking and i would rather find him another job so i would ask our hr partners to find him another job and he would just transfer from our company somewhere else um, so that's how i take care about my guys and those guys take care of us and our clients i love that it's it's, it's like for me, that's like that's like a great person or a great company to work for, because it just shows how much that per, that the company or the or the the people on the top in itself how much they care about you. Maybe because you find the reason why you said you're soft is because you know how it feels when you was when you said like when you were left on the street and you had nothing and you were still struggling to find that job because you felt because you know how they feel. You do, you don't want other people to go through what you went through, right? Probably. That's right. That's actually a very good point, possibly for that particular reason. And look, when, when you're hiring employees, it's like you're, you're inviting people into your house. Mm. Like really, that's how I feel. So we, we carefully invite people into our house um, and, and have a dinner at the same table. So hire carefully and, you know, hopefully you won't be like, you won't need to fire people as often. So 
Mm, I love that. Super interesting. This chat is getting very like deep now. It's, it's in the it's in the midst of the the like the juicy parts. Um, something that came to my mind just now as you were talking was how does so someone listening right now they they really wanna like they wanna do more like they really wanna take more action. They really want to go after some kind of a passion, a business, a purpose. How does someone, because every single person I ask this particular or this similar type of question to has a different answer, but what do you call it? Purpose, passion, you know, life, something they love. Like how can someone find that one thing? Not the 10 things, just the one thing they really love. Uh, it's an, uh, thanks for asking that question. So we're not as smart as AI or machine learning and gladly <laughs> and gladly, um, Companies like Google, YouTube, which is part of Google, Facebook, and Instagram, they know way more about yourself than you ever even <laughs> think. So if you want to find your really like really what you're passionate about, open your YouTube and look at the suggested videos because YouTube knows what you love before yeah. you even like and like look through the content <laughs> that those companies are suggesting to you because they know more what you're passionate about. And if you look at my channel, it'll be all, I mean, in my YouTube, it'll be all software, aviation, and music. That's yeah. like those three are top three on, on my YouTube. So I'm all about software and, and, and building mobile apps in particular because I love mobile apps. Um, aviation is number two for me there. Classical music, some sort of tutorials or just history about classical music. Occasionally, I have some junk here and there that I, you know, I watch. But YouTube knows what I'm passionate about. Open your Instagram. Open suggested explore tab and see what Instagram suggests to you. That's your passion. So most, most, love that. most likely because they know more about you than you even imagine. It's the same as like when you buy stuff too, right? Like Amazon knows what you what you want to buy. They suggest the next item after you bought the after you bought the podcast mic. They know, hey, there's this light that goes with it. Buy the light too. So it's absolutely, much- I think there's been a story of I think it was Walmart where um, where basically Walmart knew that um, a daughter daughter was pregnant before what father realized because they started to send coupons for diapers to the house and father got mad because he's like, and his daughter was 15. Um, and so he took it up to the management and start, start yelling and screaming. Why are you sending coupons for baby stuff? And, uh, apparently Walmart realized that his daughter, 15 year old daughter was pregnant before he even knew about that because the patterns, the, well, they very they they realize the pat they they recognize the patterns the same patterns of 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 a person buying specific stuff when he's pregnant and they start sending those coupons ahead of time and father got mad for no particular reason because Walmart knew that his <laughs> daughter is pregnant earlier than he. <laughs> That's what artificial intelligence and and AI and and AR and all this stuff is all about, and it's all happening behind the scenes, right? Recently, I was learning a little bit about five G. And how this new 5G, 5G technology is just so, so crazy that it's, it's both, it's got good and bad, but it's just, it's, it's really scary. It's actually really scary at the same time. I, I, like that's what I've been kind of researching and, and, and listening to podcasts about. Um, so that kind of got my curiosity to learn more about what's this 5G, what's it all about? What, how comes it's so fast, but how are companies using it now for complete different reasons? 
And uh, look, I here's another th- example. So uh, looking at your social media is one. So you can find a lot of, like you can find out about yourself just looking f- through your social media. Um, but also you have to make your ends meet anyway, right? You have to work, you have to make money. Um, and in, specifically, let's say, let, let's pick sports. Okay. So I'm, I'm you know passionate about sports as well. Um, hockey's by the way the other uh sets of videos that i have on, on youtube um <laughs> so uh right just kind of uh, goes without saying um <laughs> so basically in sports you can have any profession that you want if you want to be a trainer there's a lot of trainers if you want to be in the media guy in sports there's a lot of media stuff going on uh you name it a doctor um an equipment guy a marketing guy right so there's every legal guy everything so if you love sports but you, you want to be in a particular field or you're good at event organizing. There's so many events in sports that you can organize around. Even, the, even during the hockey game, there are certain specific events in, in buildings that you can organize and things like that. So there's so many opportunities. If you still need to make money, just pivot to specific field that you're super passionate about look at look at your youtube see if, what you love and and yeah. and take your expertise to that specific field and and start enjoying it more and watching more of those videos because you still spend a lot of time watching them why don't you monetize or at least pivot towards where where where, where you can make more money and be more happy I, I, honestly i really like this this really hit me on this episode like the way you were just saying I'm going to share this with everyone now when I see them. I'm going to be like, you know, I've, this this episode they have to listen to because Alex like taught me that if you want to find your passion, your purpose, something that you love doing, go on your YouTube channel, go on your Instagram, start look, look at what you're looking at. Look, look at what it is that you're consuming because that those are the things you love. So hence, you're going to, they're going to find more passion in doing something in those fields, right? Yeah. That's what, I love yeah. that. It's such a great concept I've never heard of. That's the first time I've heard of that. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that, Alex, man. I'm, I'm super grateful for, for everything you've shared so far. Um, because we're coming up to just towards nearly towards the end of the episode, I have something I, I do at the end of my podcast called The Final Four. All right. So, so basically, it's going to be four questions that you basically answer from the top of your head. It doesn't have yeah. to be like a word. It can be a sentence, but it just has to be the first thing that comes into your head. Yeah, let's go. Let's go already. So the first question I have specifically for you is, in one sentence, what is artificial intelligence to you? Artificial intelligence is, a, is an algorithm that is able to self-learn on specific sets of data and, uh, and analyze more information that a human brain can analyze in terms of volume. Love it. Love that. That's like you'd be probably practicing that for years and years. Like that's probably in your, in your DNA, right? It's part of what you do every single day. But I specifically had that question for you because obviously coming from that background, I thought to get your thoughts on it. Okay, so the second question I have for you is, what one video or movie would you recommend everyone listening to go and watch? Because it will help them have a mind shift. It will help them find some kind of purpose. It will help them just better themselves as a person. Uh, in Pursuit of Happiness with Will, uh, Will Smith. Love I it. think uh, that, that movie hit me really hard. And uh, probably, uh, you know, I kind of remind, re- reminded to myself to never give up and... Uh, really touching movie i would i would watch it and suggest people to watch that movie nice so guys make sure you guys go and go check out that movie because a lot of my listeners do actually go back after and listen to the like when they listen to the end the final four they actually go back and the next question is about the book 
Um, so they'll they'll watch that video and let me know afterwards. But now, what one book? Because I know, I, okay, I know that you probably have a lot of books that you've heard or you listened to or you, or you read. But which one would you recommend every single person has to read for them to better themselves, have a have a better mindset, grow themselves, uh, and just become a better version of themselves? Really. Uh, back in the days, I, I've read that book that, that actually made a lot of money. Um, so it was the best return on investment. And probably, I bought that book for, what, $11, and I made $10,000 off of it wow. uh, called uh, um, How to Win Friends and Influence oh People. Oh, my gosh. Everybody, is... it's, it's, a, it's a Bible for a lot of people, but it was oh, the, first, it. the first book to start. It's a good starting point. 100%. So for me, that was the second book. The first book I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then the second one was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And those two, and then the third one was Rich, uh, Think and Grow Rich. And then those three books really, for me, top three, those three books, 100% changed my mindset. And it really just started attracting amazing energies into my life. Everything I have today and all the people that I'm surrounding myself with, like I'm not going out there looking for people. People are just like coming into my life now because I'm kind of attracting it through psychology, through just my energy, through doing good for the world and just being of service. So um, definitely, that's a really good book, 100%. I, I, I agree on the list. But if you pick one, then I would go with How to Win Friends and Influence People. I love that. Yeah, no, amazing book. It helped me so much. Okay, so the last question is a little bit more deeper and it's something that everybody gets a bit like, um, a bit shocked at the beginning, but then it, it makes them think deeper. So it's if, it's, if you can spend a few hours to learn from someone's wisdom, whether they're dead or alive, who would that one person be and why? Um, I, would, I would really want to chat with uh, Da Vinci, honestly. Wow, Just, okay. That's a new one. Uh, he had a specific... Uh, way of thinking and, and I, I would love to I would love to just chat with him and explore how the way the, the thought process on on how he invented stuff and how he was thinking. I love that. What one what one thing would you ask him? If you were to meet him, what would you what would be that one question you'll ask him? Uh, I don't have a specific question, but I would love to see his thought process. So I would pick mm-hmm. his brain about how how he solves stuff, how he comes up with stuff and yeah. uh, just watch and observe him. I don't have a specific question to ask in particular, but I would love to see his He's thought cool. process. I'm all about thought process. Like, and yeah. that's when, when I'm talking to people, that the first thing I try to analyze, what is your thought process mm. uh, on specific things? I love that. I love that. It's, and it's so true because I think we automatically kind of judge people. I think the first two, two ways we judge people is obviously the number one is how they look. And the second way is as soon as they open their mouth, what, what are they say and how do they talk and what, are the, what, is, what is their thought process? That's how we put. That's how we pretty much judge people, right? I, I believe anyway. That's what I do. I'll see how they look first. I stopped doing that a lot more now because that really just didn't help me. I was I was I was judging people by how they how they look, but then you speak to them, and you're like, you know what? Like this person just they just shock you, right? They could be in shorts and, and a t-shirt, but they're like a multimillionaire. So you just, you cannot judge people by how they look. But you're right. The thought process is really important because that's how that's how we get to learn, right? We're all students in in life constantly all the time i love it alex if you can the last the last thing to kind of end the episode um is if you could share one valuable piece of information with everybody listening right now that they can go and take a take action on right now in their life what would that one thing be if it's business then ask for referrals from your clients because people forget to do that uh, and ask for help ask for help 
Ask for help. I love that. And referrals if you're in business. <laughs> Super cool. I love it. Alex, thank you so much for sharing all, all your thoughts, your, your experience, your story. If anybody wants to reach out to you to learn more about your, your business, your company, reach out to you. I'm, now I'm, I'm getting you the referrals now. If, they, if anybody wants to reach out to you and learn more about what you're doing, what platforms do you live on the most and how can they reach out to you like directly or through your team? Sure. So Genium is genium.io. And uh, on LinkedIn, I'm super active. Uh, just uh, search Alex Iceman and my name will pop up at Genium. Um, Instagram, the Alex Iceman. I'm on Instagram quite actively. If you want to follow me and just uh, text me a message there, super happy to help and uh, super open to provide my email and uh, uh, start the conversation. So LinkedIn and Instagram are the two most uh, actively used platforms for me. Love that. Alex, thank you so much for sharing everything you've shared. If I can ever be of service to you and help you with anything, please let me know. I'm, I'm happy to refer other people that, um, that you need help on or they, or they need help in their business. Um, if, I can, if I can genuinely be of service to you in terms of social media or um, marketing of some kind, please let me know. I'm, I'm happy to do that for you. Absolutely. Um, but, but I'm super grateful for, for this time I've had with you. I'm grateful for David Meltzer and his team for kind of getting us together and, and putting this together for us. So, um, so yeah, thank you so much for being on, on my podcast and um, I'm hopefully I'm, I'm looking forward to just keeping in touch with you. Thank you so much for having me and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. You too, brother. All right. All right, take care. Bye. If you're still there, I just want to say a massive thank you for your attention and your time. It really means a lot to me. Please do me one favor and subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and leave a rating on whichever platform you're listening to this. It would honestly mean the world to me. Thank you so much once again. I hope that this episode brought value and inspiration into your life and I'll see you guys next week.